Bible Church. Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. I've got Brent Bullard here with us, of course, naturally, every single week. Still, still, still us. Still here. Can't shake me. <laughs> Can't shake you. Uh, but we're joined today by Vince Walsh. Uh, Vince, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, we had you on not too long ago, uh, just a few months ago, kind of as all this COVID stuff was happening and so much has changed uh, in this period of time. And uh, so we just kind of wanted to be able to, to check in with you a little bit here about uh, your ministry and what's been going on, maybe get a, a deeper dive into what Athletes in Action is. And so yeah. um, could you maybe just expound upon that, help somebody who maybe has never heard of that ministry before kind of know what it is that Athletes in Action is about? Yeah, I think uh, things have changed quite a bit since we did this last time. I think um, I sat in my room hiding from the kids (laughs) (laughs) so that we could do this without screams in the background. So it's cool to be uh, be able to talk uh, socially distanced in person about it. And yeah, yeah, a lot of things have changed on campus. I remember uh, (laughs) we were really unsure, like everybody, what the campus was going to look like um, and feel like physically. And so we had our first staff meeting of the year, uh, or the first staff meeting that we had during the year on Monday, um, the first day of school, hmm. in front of the student center, because we just were like, we want to see what is going to happen today. Like, we had no idea. And if you're not familiar with campus life, the first day is like the, the highest energy day, the most natural energy. Um, it's fun. There's campus organizations everywhere. Like, you can't turn a corner without a campus organization set up something for you to get involved. <clears throat> There's people everywhere. Um, there was nobody. The first day of class, uh-huh. we sat out there just waiting to see what would happen, and nothing happened. It huh. felt like summer one um, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it was, and I, I think this is my 14th year on campus, it was the strangest first day of class he's ever seen. <laughs> it's, so, it's so crazy. Um and so that's impacted our ministries in some ways, hmm. um, but not in any way that really hinders uh, the gospel going forth. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you asked about athletes in action, um, and so we're um, that's part of our ministry. Uh, the other kind of major part of our ministry is we serve Greek students, fraternities, and sororities. But mm-hmm. with the athletes, um, we exist to help athletes to think through the spiritual area of life. Um, and so, in a structured sort of way, we'll have a um, a men's and a women's kind of separate Bible studies every week that um, that we'll invite them to. That we'll do them on their turf in the mm. uh, in the field house, or um, I think we've done them in the stands when it's been a kind of a nice evening. Um, recently, just just a little more safe for them. Take some precautions there. Um, so we're gonna provide them a place to show up. Um, but also, the meat and potatoes is not really in the uh, in the formal plan things that we do, but it's that uh, we want to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go to their practices, um, and the the coaches and um, the athletic staff are phenomenal. They have given us basically full access um, to almost every team on campus to be a part of the team. Even in official capacity, I'm considered the chaplain of the football and the basketball team, and mm-hmm. um, one of the wow. girls that I work with, um, she serves in a similar role for uh, for softball and for volleyball and for the track team. And um, they give us full access. So we get to show up and and show them that we care about them and their things and build natural relationships and um, and hopefully turn those into gospel conversations. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the goal of AIA is to, is to do life with, with student athletes. That's great. Vince, you mentioned that you've been here at SFA on campus for 14 years. I presume you didn't just walk in and all of a sudden you had 
that a kind of credibility with the athletes and coaches. Uh, what can you tell us about how you've gone about building that credibility uh, with those programs and any kind of maybe relevant, uh, just relevant information for us, for, for our membership, as we likewise try to walk with credibility among yeah. our peers? So this is my 14th year on staff, but I was a student here as well. So I've seen, <laughs> I've been in a lot of, uh, a lot of years um, on campus. Um, only paid for the last 14 though. <laughs> um, Instead of paying them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, still paying them in some ways. Um, but how, how it started, <laughs> I mean, ministry just shifted over the years and, and, um, I would say, uh, there's a, a main, I guess, moment or period of time where I began to realize, I think we're not doing ministry in a way. Um, that is um, wholly paralleling what we see in Scripture. And uh, we were sitting on a plane going to, to Ethiopia on a summer mission trip, taking some students with us there. This had tons of time to kill. And, uh, and I read a book called The Master Plan of Evangelism mm -hmm. by Robert Coleman. Mm -hmm. I don't, have you guys mm -hmm. ever read that? Yep. And, um, and if, you know, if someone's listening to this and you want a, a great book on ministry strategy, it, it takes a look at um, let's see how Jesus did ministry and let's do that too. And at the time, um, our ministry was basically geared towards, um, was open to everybody, which is a great thing. I'm not saying I would am against that at all. Um, we would throw a wide net and try to get everybody to come to our space and the building that we had at the time and, um, and then get them involved in our Bible studies on our spaces. And, um, and we would share our faith and go on campus and do things like that. And that was good. But as I read through this book, Master Plan of Evangelism, and also scripture that it was quoting, I began to notice that um, I, didn't, I didn't think that we were wholly doing a great job of mimicking what Jesus did. Um, and I always kind of use this kind of a sports illustration, and it frustrates my staff team. Uh, the people on my staff team are not sports people. Like, they really <laughs> frustrate me because I don't have any other illustrations that aren't sports illustrations. But... Um, I would explain it like this. Um, let's take the SFA men's basketball team. Um, when they play a home game, um, you know, they're in their space. You know, uh, they run onto the court and the fans cheer them. We're in our locker room that we sleep in our beds that night. We have a, a good meal and, um, you know, we, we belong. Like that's our, that's our place. And then um, and the opposing team comes in and um, they get the, the, Kind of old locker room, you know, <laughs> oh. not a lot of space, not a lot of comfort. <laughs> they, they were on the court, we boo them. Yeah. And, uh, and they know they're not, this is not their, this isn't for them. Yeah. Uh, people aren't here for them. Uh, they're, they're the away team. Um, and, and as I read through this book and just was, was praying and thinking about it, I felt like, man, I, I, think, I think our ministry strategy is, is backwards. What we're doing is... Um, we're the home team and we're asking non-believers to come play an away game. Um, not that we're booing them when they walk in the doors, <laughs> but that, um, but they certainly would walk in the doors knowing um, I'm kind of the away team here. This is kind of the Christian thing and not exactly for me at the moment, though they're entirely welcome. And, um, and as we looked at scripture and saw that um, Jesus's heart was to play away games, totally. He will go and meet people where they're at physically and um, and spiritually, and uh, and we thought, man, we got to we got to change things up. And so it was about it was kind of uh, stemming from 
a change in perspective of how we did ministry compared to how we thought that um, Jesus operated and did ministry, that we thought we're, we're throwing a really wide net. Um, instead of throwing a wide net, let's pick one target and, and, and shoot right for that. Um, and then we kind of surveyed the campus and said, where are a couple of places on campus um, that there is not someone who is specifically targeting them uh, in an evangelistic um, style way. And um, we came away with Greeks and athletes mm. um, and then uh, and then started the hard part of, uh, of building relationships and earning respect and um, and building trust. Mm. And then um, it just it just built over time. Um, the men's basketball coach let me in first. And then that earned some respect of um, some of the um, administrators who introduced me to the football coach at the time, mm. um, who gave me a shot with the football team, and it's just kind of gone uh, from there. So, mm. um, yeah, I've heard a quote before. I really like it's it's we're not friends with people so that they'll come to Christ. We're friends with with people, and we long for them to come to Christ, and they know that, and so they're not mutually exclusive. Do you, as you interact with these students and the, these Greeks and coaches as well? Uh, how do you uh, how do you say that mentality comes into it of understanding uh, them knowing because by default you're a chaplain uh, and you're a believer and you're active here at Grace as a member. How does how do you communicate that with them understanding you're a believer and you want them to come to know Christ to have to know the hope that you do, but at the same time you're there for them as well yeah. regardless if they don't come to Christ. How how do you? communicate that. Yeah, I mean, how's that received? You seem to do really good at that. It's it's really wise how you how you phrased it. Um if you're friends with someone so that they come to Christ, that makes them a project. Mm-hmm. And people know when they're a project and nobody wants to be a project. Mm-hmm. And um we were not told to go and make projects. <laughs> you know, we were told to go and make <laughs> disciples, yeah. you know. And um uh you you have to be genuine about it. People I think in general people will know when you're being genuine or when you're trying to get something from them, mm-hmm. even if that's something from them in your own mind is to introduce them to Christ. Like they will know if they're a, a project or not. And um, I think something for me is I have to be okay with, um, with failure. Like I will, I'm going to get rejected so many more times then I'm not rejected. But understand that's not personal from them. They are just not interested in spiritual life. Um, but I want them to know that I just I care about them. And that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I go to practice. I mean, I like being there. It's it's fun for me, but it's a it's the perfect place to show up and say, I care about you. You care about this. I'm here and I'm for you. And, and finding ways... Um, to affirm them outside of their sport. Because mm. if you're, um, I guess, a receiver that has a big game, makes a big touchdown catch, everything on social media, in the locker room, probably from the coaches, fans, will be your performance, you know? And it's really easy to find your identity in what you do mm-hmm. and in not who you are. And so during the game, I will try to find things about players that they do that are just good character quality things and try to compliment them about that. And I think that that, I hope that that's received really well and differently than other people, but there's a lot of different areas that you can try to approach a guy who has no interest in spiritual life and build a relationship with them and just let them know, man, I care about you. I'm not, I'm not just excited for you because you scored a touchdown. Hmm. Like, I just think you're a good guy and I'm for you and I'm in your corner and I'm cheering you on and I'm going to be, if not a person who points you to Christ, if you don't 
want that from this relationship, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, I'm still here for you. And more times than not, no, not, not more times than not, but more times than I would think, um, that opens the door for spiritual conversation eventually. Mm. Um, with a lot of players from the different cultural backgrounds that they come from, it will take over a year for them to trust me with a spiritual conversation um, or even to trust me with a, a real life conversation over sport, other than sports or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, you take in the long road with them and, uh, and that earns trust and that earns genuine relationships, mm-hmm. which earns a genuine opportunity to share the gospel. That's good. Events, this maybe kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, you've got, uh, uh, I mean, you're, you're in vocational ministry. Uh, you know, the church, uh, we support you formally in your, mini- in your ministry financially, and we encourage our, our folks to get to know you and support you in that way as well. Uh, but you've got three little ones. You know, two of those are twins. How do you and Autumn kind of handle this? All the twists that COVID have brought uh, into life and stresses and everything that, you know, all of our members certainly can relate to to some extent. Uh, but how have you have you kind of been able to still connect with your spouse, connect with your kids, uh, as well as kind of handle all the uncertainties of ministering and COVID? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the work side of that, it just depends on the time of year you're talking about. Because for mm-hmm. the better part of the spring and the summer, I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> we were on Zoom. Um, and now it's a little more whatever normal life was before. Um, but it was a hard it was a hard few months and I, I assume, or what I gather from other people, like it was a hard few months as we weren't going anywhere. And I feel bad for my wife. I wasn't, I especially wasn't going anywhere. She was stuck with me. Um, and yeah, I mean, we probably would get in a rut every now and again of just like, Oh, the kids are in bed. Let's just put on Netflix for the next four hours. And you play on your phone over there and I'll play on my phone over here mm-hmm. and we'll simultaneously watch a show that we're not paying that much attention to. And one of us will fall asleep first on the couch. <laughs> you know, um, that's, that, that's definitely been something that's hard is to find out how to connect when you can't really go anywhere and you can't get away from the kids and you're exhausted and, and aren't getting breaks, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, but I think, I don't know, like... Like anything else, if something's important, you'll make some time for it, and if something's important, then you'll you'll prioritize it. And so, I mean, it's probably been several conversations of her and I have just going like, "Hey, we need to we need to connect. Mm-hmm. We need to put down our phones. You know, let's have some time where we stand in the kitchen where there's not a TV or a device mm-hmm. and just chat about something before we move on with our evening doing whatever we're gonna mm-hmm. do." So. It's just like most things, I think, if something's important, you want to prioritize it. That's good. Um, probably, in our experience, a degree of failure and success. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. Well, coming up this Sunday, Stephen, we've got part two of John 19. So we're continuing the interview with the cross, asking, uh, cross, what did you hear? What did you hear? We, we've discussed the body of Christ last week uh, and noticed those physical features. Uh, this week, we're going to be listening to, uh, in some form, the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. Uh, and <clears throat> instead of our scripture reading uh, being the same as last week, we'll be reading Psalm 22 uh, before the sermon. Uh, absolutely tremendous text. Uh, what insight can you give us maybe on a song that's coming up this Sunday? 
Um, we're going to be singing, you know, kind of like last week, we, we sing a, a good bit about the cross in general. This week, we're singing about the exclusivity of Christ. So we have several songs that are basically saying that Jesus is the only one. And we're seeing that, you know, as the prophecies are fulfilled, you know, he, he, all these things happen that line up with what's been foretold for centuries. And, um, and so we're going to be singing in Christ alone, the Lord is my salvation songs that, that cause us to really cling to him and only him. Um, and so we see this work wrapping up on the cross that Jesus is doing, and it is the the center point of our salvation. And so we're going to sing about that. So the Lord is my salvation is one we introduced about a month ago. And uh, so uh, we'll be singing that again this Sunday as well. Wonderful. I love that. And I want to say I appreciate you and the worship team, AV team. Everybody gets here. What time do y'all roll in on Sunday mornings? About 7.30. About 7.30. And uh, and you leave, you know, of course, after the, the 1045 service is over with. And, uh, you know, before we finish, I, I want to ask you, Vince, uh, you got kind of an audience here by default through this this medium. Uh, what would you? What kind of word would you give to our our membership? It's multi generational body, people all different seasons listening to this, but a lot of people maybe don't have a lot of, uh, and uh, obviously not nearly as much interaction with college students as you do. Uh, what kind of encouragement or word of wisdom would you give to them at this time? Uh, this time, like specifically with like right the now, COVID yeah, environment, September, and things COVID, like that. right now this season, and as they think. Of, Think of the university students, and I, I mean, and from a personal standpoint, I would encourage people to get involved in with the men's and, and women's ministries here. It's been a really big thing for me, not just in this season, but overall. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh, I think the times that I struggle more in life have been the times that I've decided to do life kind of on my own or isolated from other people, and that's probably a really hard thing about COVID is not seeing people. I could text mm-hmm. them or chat with them on, you know, on the phone or something like that. Um, but a really big thing that's been really, um, life giving for me has been like the, something like the men's luncheon that we had the other week. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just great to be around other men who are trying to walk with the Lord and who are struggling in similar ways, Mm -hmm. whether it's connecting with your wife in these difficult times or just the, you know, the natural struggles of of parenthood or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, that's been something that's been really big for me is just having other people around. I think it's harder to have other people around right now. So you have to, mm-hmm. you might need to take us some responsibility yourself to take some steps to to do that. Mm. Um, might not happen as naturally, I guess. Um, that'd be one thing because that's something I'm attempting to do myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then with college students, um, I'm trying to remember this statistic. This might be wrong. I'll just say that. <laughs> but it, but it, it it'll um I think it will represent the the problem um, accurately at least um, I think it's one in four college students have considered suicide um, during the COVID period wow. um, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's that's correct like I said I might be wrong um, but when people when you hear people talking about college students struggling with mental health is a very real thing um, so if you know a college student ask them how they're doing. Mm. Um, They may be trying to act like everything's fine and back to normal when they're with their friends, and I do think that helps. But um, but if you know a college student, go out of your way to ask them how they're doing because Mm. the statistics show they're probably not doing great Mm. uh, mentally or emotionally, and you would 
can probably just assume spiritually as well. Mm. Um, I think COVID has taken a mental toll on people that we don't know quite how to measure or identify yet. So Mm. um, that's from what I've read, but also um, just talking with students since they've gotten back. So if you know a college student, ask them how they're doing. Excellent. Yeah. That's a great word to end on as we look forward to this Sunday. Yeah. Thanks for that encouragement, Vince. We do want to, we do want to pursue others and we do want to have those honest conversations about really important things and be a good friend and a good neighbor uh, to those around us, particularly those that are here with us, worshiping with us that uh, we've kind of entrusted ourselves to and they've entrusted their selves to us um, as we seek to minister to one another. So church, we'll see you on Sunday. Vince, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.